Hey, welcome. Today we are talking about just the strength of the universe and the poles of that and better understanding that. And I um, ventured into a new line of research that has been gravitating towards me, but hasn't officially latched on as where we need to go next. Um, so I don't have all of the terminology for that, but I'm excited to be discussing that today um, because it just sort of keeps coming back into my wavelength in unrelated ways. Remember the laws of three. I always let something gravitate to me three times before I pick it up as a practice that I want to research and determine. And so talking about how the universe has guided me to these new practices, to these new learnings and understandings, and then also just how we engage the universe in our lives. And how do we sort of set aside and surrender to the powers that be, step in our journey in faith, and how we develop that over time. So, I don't know. Let's just do this. Okay. Okay. Let's go. Welcome to season three. Um, I would love to tell you that season three is full of so many twists and turns and craziness that's going to come in. And honestly, it could be, but This podcast is my own personal journal of escaping from what I deemed a life that wasn't really fit for me. And that started in season one, rooted in the fact that my dream had died and I didn't know what my goals were in life anymore. And as we've walked through the valley of what that looks like and everything encompassing we've been recording. And so I'm excited to be going into season three. I don't know what's in store for us, but I can tell you that from season one to now, every day feels a little bit better and a lot more aligned. So I'm excited that you're here. If you're just finding this today in season three, um, you can go back and find all the past episodes. I started at around the age of 30 recording this podcast um, every weekday, working through this really painful point in my life. And we're just starting into season three, and I'm excited to see where we get. It's a whole lot of entrepreneur, creative vibes that are going out into this world. And the more that I get to experience that, the better that I feel. So gear up, load up, and let's all go out and change the world. However, that looks for us. But more than anything, let's forgive ourselves for our dream dying and start getting back to rebuilding after that. Hey, welcome to the death of a dream. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Let's go ahead and ground ourselves in our greatness so many amazing things. I 
wake up every morning and have to just like be so thankful for how amazing this life is, how many people have been gifted and guided into my life, into this, this world and with me as a part of it. And I just can't, I can't believe, I can't believe that this is my life. And so I wake up every morning, just ever thankful um, for how at ease all of this is. And coming from this place of forcing myself into a lot of discomfort, trying to make things happen that didn't actually require force at all. And yeah, kind of amazing, uh, absolutely amazing stuff. So <laughs> my great thing is yesterday, I'm walking the dog outside, just like appreciating being able to be outside because it's been a minute and a half and a lot more than a minute, which is a struggle for people who pull so much from the earth, from that experience. Like it is a struggle. It is a struggle. And it's just been so wonderful to reconnect with the world and nature and being outside and yeah, just being able to live in that element and not suffer in it. And so I'm walking the dog and I'm thinking about all of the things that I have coming up and I'm just like, man, the, the things that have to happen, those sort of like around the book and around the publishing all that stuff costs money. It's not like, oh, I'm just going to go out and find a couple things for free. Like now that I believe in this book, it's so very important to me that we bring it to life in a beautiful way, in a professional way, in a polished way, because I'd hate for the aesthetic of the book to limit its impact. And that's not to say that we're like out here paying for the craziest stuff, but paying enough to put enough of a polish on it so it doesn't get overlooked. And I think whatever that ends up looking like is, is just meant to be, and it's amazing. And so as those things are coming in and I'm just kind of sitting here and swimming in my head and trying to figure out how we're going to make all this happen, where things are coming from, because Hello. Hi, my good friends. Remember the Hannah who committed to all of you early in season one that I would not spend personal money, that I would only spend money that I made in my own right as an entrepreneur, as a, um, in any of the work that I was doing. And so I think the wonderful thing is the pre-order helped so much of that happen, right? People who invested in, in this work, in this book, in me early before like 
here I was promising that it'd be done in January and I was writing actively, but also actively writing myself into a corner that I inevitably would end up leaving and beginning to write again, (laughs) which is like, yikes, right? And so that changed the timeline and keeping up that communication and just letting people know that the book is coming, that, that their work made all of this possible. And so putting those funds to work to bring this to a polished state um, has been incredibly amazing. And so I was walking the dog and I'm like, man, we got stuff coming in. We have action. We have beautiful things that are coming to life. And I know every time that that happens, the money shows up, right? And so I'm just like walking and thinking about all these bills piling up and all the things that we need to do. And here I am just like walking in faith and, and something came down in that moment of surrender where I'm just like, I know, I know stuff's, stuff's coming. I know that it's happening. And in that moment, I was just washed over with this reassurance that like the money's always there. And Prior to walking my dog, I had walked my children to school. I had stopped at a garage sale on my way. I found a chair, which my obsession with chairs is a little bit extra, a lot of bit extra. And I had found an awesome chair. And then I had actually found a lane table, which interestingly enough, I have been thinking about this corner of my office and what I want to do with it. And I had always thought like, well, it'd be really nice to just have a sitting space to maybe read, to expand, right? But like, I want something bigger than a side table because I keep so many books, because I keep so many. So anyways, this is a side table, but like a fold out side table. And (laughs) there are just so many things about it that were amazing. Also, it was only $5 and it is like an original lane piece with like gold leg. It's beautiful. It's mystifying. It's amazing. And so on that walk home, I stop, I grab the things that I want. I take my tags up there and I'm like, I got to run home and get cash. I'll be back. And so they said, okay, yep, we got you. We'll just hold that stuff. Thanks. We'll see you in a bit. And so I walk the dog. I have this thought about the money's always there. And then I come inside and I'm like, oh no, I'll have to run up to the gas station to grab cash for this stuff. And then I find a $10 bill and I'm like, well, I mean, that's not quite it. And so then I get into the car. I'm like, I'll go stop at the gas station. And then I'll go pick up this stuff. And I opened my wallet and the exact amount, I never have cash with me ever. The exact amount that I needed to pay for that stuff was in my wallet. The exact amount. And right in that moment, I think that was just like a message of confirmation that the money's going to be there. Like, keep going, right? (laughs) You don't have to worry. 
it's there when you ask. And I had asked and I had been given that reassurance. And then, right, like just faith and everything aligning. It was like, hey, right. And it wasn't a normal amount either. So I left that sale $26 for a chair, a vintage table that at any vintage store would have been 80 plus dollars, I would say at least 120 chair, table, plant, and a brand new um, softball helmet for my youngest daughter. And so $26. And I open my wallet. I have a 20, I have a five, and I have a $1 bill. And I have no idea why, why or when I would have ever had that cash in there. And like, I feel like that's just a message that, right, you have to have a need. That's the other side of that. It's like, we can't just want things for the sake of wanting them. What is the need? And here I am bringing this book into the world. And and you can say that you want to bring a book into the world, but then actually footing the bill of bringing a book into the world is a completely different level of manifestation, right? Like what exactly do you need? And you don't know until you start walking in that path. And so, right, I won't know what I need and what to ask for unless I take that first step and understand what those things are. What is the amount that we need. And so I, I don't know, that was just like such a clear, beautiful sign for me because I'm just like wondering and, and trying to force and figure out how I'm going to find this $26 or like where it's going to come from. And it was a pretty easy solution, right? I was just going to go down to the gas station and I was going to make it happen. And I didn't even have to, there's, there's no struggle when you ask specifically. There's no struggle when you just surrender and give fully to the faith that it will be there. And I think that was the biggest lesson yesterday. Like I've been spinning in theory of how I was going to make all of this happen. And the universe, God, all the powers, everybody, ancestors, everybody was in on that one, right? Like that's too specific. The timeline of all of that happening, the randomness of all of that, like, you just can't write it any other way. And so they all played a part and they just came down and delivered that message very directly. Like the money is always going to be there when you ask. And then I just come in and try to invent a way to find the money. And then I let go, look in my wallet and it was just there. Like, I don't, I, I don't actually believe that the money was there. I actually <laughs> firmly believe that there was some higher power that placed it there. And they certainly did as they were watching how that money would play out over time. And they left probably a dollar in there from something, randomly put a dollar in, five dollar bill in there from something else and then placed a 20. Like, I don't know. But I think faith is such an important component of this all and 
faith and surrender walk hand in hand together and yet are are completely separate. And so that's my great thing from yesterday. Just just asking and seeing that play out was just so very powerful and beautiful and and magnetizing and mystifying and amazing. And I have even more words. I should just get a thesaurus and try to find more words for you, but it's amazing what this world can do, what it puts in front of you, where it leads you when you just let go of the leading and, and follow for a while. Sheesh. So that's my great thing. Go ahead and take time for yourself. Recognize yourself for your greatness. One of the things that I was led to yesterday, and I've sort of been dancing around astrology and the knowledge of that and the stars and the planets and how they all align with who you are. I think that it's, it's really beautiful work in how it is, is, is so specific to who you are and all of these realms of self-development, of self-knowledge um, are really important. And so there are no limits to what is to be explored. And yesterday I probably had a very eclectic collection of books that I found at a bookstore. And one of those was a book on astrology and the understanding of 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 houses and moons and rising and, and right your sun signs but also your moon sign and your sign in your sign rising i don't even know all the terminology yet like i'm going to have to study this one for a while but i found a really great beginner book of the understanding of that and as i'm reading through it right where your sun and moon lie and your house impacts who and how you're supposed to live out your life and sheesh, even if it's wrong. And that's always my approach with all of this, because I'm just like an openly curious person, pragmatic in nature of like, everyone has their own right to find and figure out what works for them. And there is no given right way doctrine or, or, tap into how you do that. And I'm, I'm working to even forgive some of the pain points from my life that have been associated with Christianity and that being a really powerful resource for people. And just because that isn't my, well, it is in my daily practice, right? But I don't do it in the traditional sense. And so there's always been this form of rejection around that religion for me or what I've seen when you're not practicing in that very exact way. And so that's really hard for me. And so I'm working to forgive and understand how that very exact way can give people a lot of comfort in different seasons of life. And so all of them are important and working to even expand and heal some of those pain points that I have even around just Christianity and my thoughts for all of that. And so as I'm reading this book and I'm exploring more and I'm diving even deeper into all of these different elements, the reason for that is just to continue expanding and growing. And, and what's cool is 
not all of these are going to fit and stay and have a purpose. And when I checked out my books yesterday, one on astrology and the understanding of astrology and self-acceptance, and then one on, ah, vibrations, vibrational energy, and then a book on pragmatism, pragmatism, the art of being a pragmatist, pragmatic, I think it's a pragmatist. Anyways, this used to be a, I would say that it most closely aligns with being a liberal, but it's basically just like, man, anything, whatever gets you to your highest self, whatever gets you to your highest power, whatever creates that understanding for you. And I'm reading more on it. So I have a better definition for what that is. But interestingly enough, when I did a call center job uh, a year ago, so that we could continue eating here at this house, because I was still kind of figuring out what life was supposed to be like um, <laughs> for me and how we were going to make an actual income doing this entrepreneur thing. I did a call center job that I could do from home that was super flexible with my hours and allowed me time to explore and find where I wanted to go. And in that, I really enjoyed just talking to people from all over the world and having conversations. And I talked to a man from Detroit. He was from the Michigan area, maybe not Detroit, but we ended up having a conversation completely unrelated to whatever it was that I was selling. Um, I think it was insurance at the time. And he brought up that he was a pregnantist, that he was pragmatic, that that was his, um, that was his sort of approach to life. That was also his approach to politics and his just general demeanor and approach. And he had actually ran a very successful automobile parts store um, in Detroit for many, many years. And uh, it, was, it was just an amazing conversation. And he had sort of tapped me into what that was. And then yesterday I was walking out of the bookstore and I see, like I was leaving, I had my two books, I was gonna go. And then I just see this yellow book, which obviously, and it's on a shelf that I'm not quite always looking in. And I am drawn to it because it's yellow. And then I read the title and it's like, gosh, I wish that I had it here with me. Um, pregnantism as an anti-something. And I don't know. I was like, oh, I know what that word is because of that conversation. I feel like I am drawn to this book and want to explore it more. I don't know if it's outside of my understanding. It is um, a written by a professor of theory of the practice of pragmatism. And he studied and taught at Harvard, and Stanford, and all of these amazing places. And so I started reading and I can't quite understand what the 
actual lecturer's approach because it's just written from his lecture notes. Um, but I can't quite understand what his side is, what his take is. And so I don't know, you know, that's the amazing thing is that we're just, we're led to these things when we get let go and let lead. And I've just seen so many beautiful instances where that comes up and the power of that surrender. And it takes time to work yourself down from that, right? Because we we want to be in control and, and we want to be knowing. And it takes kind of practice and proof of that, right? Where we just begin letting go of the control that we have. And as someone who was obnoxiously in control of her life and all of the things, and I'm not saying like just let life run wild, but I would say in your life, when we believe, actually believe in this like intrinsic goodness of other human beings, of the world, of our life, that, that, that's what we're going to give over that we know that goodness is meant for us and we focus our energy on the goodness and we find more of it as a result, but we sort of surrender to that. And then as we surrender to that, we can surrender to even more. We can let go of things and our forced work at making life happen, right? We can let those things go. We can say, like, it'll all work out. And then we can watch as it does. And as you're beginning to test that out, especially if you come from, like, for me, that was a severely anxiety-inducing type of way of living. And so there were just other things that I had to tap into in order to calm my mind from wanting to be in control, from wanting to lead where we go to just let go and hand it over. And sheesh, that was hard as a control freak. And there are very specific things that I get to stay in control of, but I would say the world and the way that it works is not one of them anymore. And the more that I test that and see proof of it, the easier it is to confirm and get into a space of non-denial of the powers of the universe and the powers of manifestation and your actual power, the power of words, the power of the things that you put into the stratosphere. Like the more that I see proof of that and the more that I talk about it, bring it to this show, bring it into reality. The stronger it gets, the more that it happens. It is just a waterfall effect, right? We're focusing our energy there. And we're saying that we have faith in the universe and the way that it plays out in our favor. And guess what happens when you actually step into full belief of that? Well, the universe is ever in your favor, it plays out beautifully and super strong. And so that's really it. And that's such a empowering, even though it seems very disempowering because you are removing your control. Um, it's empowering. 
It is the stuff that entire buildings are built on. Empire State buildings, in fact, like the tallest buildings in the world, are built on that foundation that this will happen, that this is meant to be, that I am meant to be here doing this thing. Um, and I know this to be true. And I know that I'm here following what's in front of me, walking through open doors, not forcing them open when not necessary, right? And knowing that all the things that I put out there in the world are coming to me. And the more that I release and let the universe play that out, the less anxious I am, the less overwhelmed I feel, the more trusting and intuitive and relying on that I become. And it isn't easy, <laughs> especially when you're just starting in that work. But as you build and test and find your own cases of proof and you continue telling yourself that story and pulling up the instances where that did happen, where you did see proof, where you, you did let go of that control finally. And you just said, okay, I'm going to trust. I'm going to see. You're right universe. The money is always there and I'm going to go open up my wallet and it's going to be sitting right there. And what a powerful story to tell yourself in the moments where you're not seeing proof you already had proof and one of the ways to get and garner your own proof is to build this narrative that it is real build this belief in this trust system that it is tell that story and create it in your mind before it can be created in your reality and so that's sort of like the 30,000 foot view, the 25,000 foot view is you testing and seeing, right? But the 30,000 foot view is always going to take you back to having to imagine it first. Because we're not going to see proof in our reality right away. It will be hard for us to get proof if we don't walk all the way back to the imagination of it first. It will be hard to manifest something that we don't allow ourselves to dream about first. And so that's really the beauty of the work of the death of a dream is we have to write those dreams first. We have to bring it all the way back to that 30,000 foot view. We have to wonder about the things that we want and then we have to take it down slowly, but surely we take it down to 25,000. We take it down then again to 20,000, then to 15, then to 10, then to five. And then it's our reality. But like, we can't go through it entering at the middle point, just trying to out hustle it and force doors open. It doesn't work. And you are going to get burnt out, tired and dis 
mist of dreams altogether if we don't take it all the way to the top first. If we don't allow you to dream, wonder, and imagine about it. Because if we skip that step, we are just going to be constantly looking for reality that can't exist because we didn't tell the universe what we wanted in the first place. And when you think about teams and synergy and how they come together, everybody's dreaming of their own instance. And when we don't align with that, when we don't align with one another, we start working towards different realities we want to create. And whoever's the most powerful is going to create that. And usually the most powerful voice or the most enduring voice that comes to life is the one of disbelief. And the power of that as a group of disbelief will overpower any belief that you have. And so finding a way to dream together, to level set together as a team, finding a way to level set as yourself first is the starting point of giving over control to the universe. That's it. We got to start all the way up there. We have to dream it first and set those waves of intention out to the world. And then we can start working and releasing and believing that it is ours. And we can believe that without even having physical proof. In fact, we have to first. As always, you're smart, you're strong, you're beautiful. What are you going to do? Change the world. Hey, thank you so much for listening. If you're still here, go ahead and check us, me, it's just me, out on <laughs> all of our socials. I post every day, uh, post with some inspirational I don't know, quotes and movements, um, definitely on Instagram and Facebook. You can find us at The Death of a Dream, also on LinkedIn, but I think that's just me. It's just Hannah Ness. Um, But you can check out kind of some daily encouragement to go down, chase your dreams, and live your best life. You can always check back here in the show notes for anything that we might have talked about at some point in the show, anything that I'm creating at this given point. I won't necessarily talk about it on the podcast every single day, but you can always find what I'm working on in the show notes. So thank you so much for listening. You, all of you, whether you listen to one episode, five minutes or five seconds, make a difference to me. And I couldn't be here doing this work if no one listened at all. So every person over one is just a bonus. And I feel extremely grateful to be a part of your day. Thank you.